Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore. Welcome to another episode of North Shore News Week. I'm Joe Coglin here with co-founders Martin Carlino and managing editor Megan uh, Bernard, who's here with us for the first time. Um, she's uh, off maternity leave, um, and uh, we got uh, a debut this week, guys. We got a debut. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big week. Uh, Megan, how are you? I'm doing good. I feel like I have a lot to live up to with all of these different shout-outs now. This is my official first podcast, so everyone will have to bear with me. And we're going to put you on the spot frequently um, and see how you do. Trial by fire. Oh, man. Hopefully I, I can the, impress you guys. I think the game plan was just to have Megan run down the entire agenda today. Ooh. And go. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're, we're glad to we're be... We're kidding. We like to joke. If you guys haven't caught on by now, come on. <laughs> we're glad to have a full, um, a full slate here, um, all founders in place and uh we're, we're excited for the future here for us and and for you guys too so um you guys know the format by now but let me explain it a little bit we're going to go through the news of the week in a quick simple um format for you guys three segments we're going to do our lead story followed by up and down the shore where we go through um every town in our coverage area with the story and then we're going to finish up with our featured feature um and then we wrap things up with a little bit of a, a preview of what's yet to come so um, we're going to start right off with the with the lead story, and there's been a lot of um, COVID nineteen talk in the past week. Um, look, uh, fortunately for everybody, nothing overly concerning. But every now and again, we do a a bit of a catch up on the numbers um, locally, as well as uh, anything else that's going on that uh, that you guys should be aware of as part of our public service journalism. We are a nonprofit, as we say many times. Um, you can check out these full stories at the record northshore.org. But um, kind of the the next or the uh, the summary of of the COVID data over the past few couple weeks of 2021 is we've seen an uptick. But that's really what it is, is an uptick. We haven't seen a post-holiday surge. Um, and um, we listened a little bit and talked a little bit with the director of medicine over at North Shore University Health Systems. They release videos every week to the community. And um, the important thing to note is that still could be coming. And we it still might not be realized in the numbers, but there could be a post-holiday surge. But we, what is um, not as concerning is we didn't see it as high as we thought from a Thanksgiving. So everybody can be hopeful. Um, obviously it's not cemented in stone, but hopeful that maybe we won't see it as much as um, in the post holidays. And uh, the doctor over there, um, the dean, the doc director of medicine um, said that's because of all the, um, um, the safety measures that are here to by the residents, by you guys, um, mask wearing, socially distanced, um, just really being safe and following protocol. So um that's what it is right now. You can see it's, it's a lot of information that we dump um, every about um, second or third Friday. So please check it out. Um, but uh, with that update um, on the COVID-19 and, and what's going on, we also have some updates from schools. They are back in session. Um, Nutria put out some numbers too, Marty. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned, Joe, this is the week we're starting to see a lot of uh, our local board of educations begin to hold meetings again. Typically that, uh, that first week or so after the new year is a, uh, a little bit of a dull week for uh, for board meetings and things of those natures. But now we're starting to see school boards get back to meeting. And of course, as Joe alluded to, the big one in our coverage area being the Nutria High School Board of Education. They hold they held, excuse me, a committee of the whole meeting 
on Monday evening, we were there and the district's top administrator, Dr. Paul Sally said there's currently no, the administration currently sees no hurdles to starting two tracks um, at the start of the second semester on January 26th. So what that means for those who are familiar with some of the, uh, the language and rhetoric that Nutria has used to describe its operational plan is that uh, on January 26th, as I mentioned, they're going to be welcoming up to 50% capacity of students at both it, the Northfield and Winneka campus. So officials right now are still going through some of the data related to that, but it seems like they are sort of projecting that even as they move to this two-track model, Joe, they necessarily won't be exactly at that 50% number. So there's a chance that there's still may even be some more student, students added to those tracks to get a little bit closer to 50%. Um, and another thing that's particularly interesting related to um, COVID-19 with our local school districts and school districts around the state is that it seems to be we're getting much closer, Joe, to a lot of our local educators being able to have access to the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, and this is something that's come up at every um, board meeting that I've covered in the last week or so um, from our local school districts. They have all mentioned that Educators are going to be included in, the, in uh, the state of Illinois' 1B phase. Currently, right now, Illinois is in phase 1A, which is essential, uh, essential hospital workers, uh, you know, nurses, doctors, uh, workers of those nature. And then in uh, the phase 1B, educators are included in that phase. So some of the educators and, and teachers, um, not only in our coverage area, but around the state, will be eligible to receive that COVID-19 vaccine in what is estimated right now towards uh, the middle to end of February. So we could, within the next month or so, start to see some local educators um, having access to that, to that vaccine. All pretty positive, at least to the light at the end of the tunnel. Obviously, currently um, still dealing with some unchecked, um, um, screw that up. Still dealing with some unchecked um, spread of the virus, but uh, just so you guys know some overall numbers, the coverage area we deal with um, has seen 2,596 cases and 22 deaths. Um, that's 329 new cases in the past three weeks and um, three new deaths in that time. So um, check out the store, check out um, the website for the full story um, on the latest COVID numbers and keep on following. We'll keep updating you with all this as we can. We know the numbers are everywhere. We try to put them in a nice little package for you guys. So that is our lead story of the week. Um, we are moving on to up and down the shore, our second segment. We're gonna go through all the towns and we start with our northernmost town in our coverage area, Glencoe. Yeah, and it's not too typical that we see a new park opening during the winter season, but that's what we have this week in Glencoe, Joe. Glencoe's Duke Park is now open and residents are very excited about that despite the uh, the frigid winter conditions of, uh, of January in Chicagoland. So that park is located near Lincoln and Crescent Drives in Glencoe. Some of the cool features of that park is there's going to be a hand crank train and a splash pad. I mean, who doesn't love a good splash pad? Obviously, that splash pad isn't going to be open until the weather gets a little bit warmer. Uh, but as a, as a bit of an overall picture, this is part of the Glencoe Park District's Connect Glencoe project, which is a, uh, a pretty highly anticipated project that's been in the works for a little bit, little bit now. And the sort of overarching goal of that project is to connect five different Glencoe parks with a, uh, with a half mile walking path that will connect all those parks. So this is one of the, uh, one of the aspects of that project and, that, uh, and the new Duke Park is sort of in the middle of this, uh, this new path. 
So very exciting times if uh, if you're near the Glencoe area and um, hoping to get out on some of maybe these milder winter days, there's a, there'll be a new park for you to play at. And Marty, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first splash pad in Glencoe? I, I think, think it this, might be. I think this is the first splash pad in Glencoe. I mean, if we got to go through some of the power rankings of splash pads on the <laughs> North Shore, I think you got to say Hubbard Woods, probably the uh, probably the number one splash pad in the wow. area. Well, we got to save that for another episode. That sounds like a power ranking show. Maybe our lead story in a couple. <laughs> I agree, but that's still very exciting for Glencoe. I mean, a splash pad, obviously it won't be used anytime soon, but just uh, the excitement of that coming in the summer months is uh, is a fun idea. Definitely another thing to looking forward to this summer. For sure. Um, so that's Glencoe. We're going to hop down one community just over the border to Winneka. And um, I actually was unaware, feel pretty silly. There, there's a there's a cafe in the Winneka train station, Cafe Florette. I found that out this summer. And then um, they announced a couple weeks ago, Rachel Bougie, who's the, um, the owner of that cafe, that they did a coat drive. And she wasn't very um, optimistic um, for obvious reasons, um, but she still wanted to help out actually the um, the advocacy center that she donates to reached out to her this year. The need was extraordinarily strong for the Chicago um, Children's Advocacy Center, Advocacy Center, um, uh, this year amid COVID. So um, she did run the drive and she was pleasantly surprised um, with the outpouring of support from the Winneka and surrounding community. Um, you know, the, the collections of coats were, were on par with past years. Um, and um, she was able to drive them over in a minivan in a bunch of bags that didn't even fit in one trip. So, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of coats from, from the community um, that'll help keep the them uh, uh, children and families warm this, this winter and for ongoing winters. The Chicago uh, Children's Advocacy Center um, specializes in um, caring for and providing reset resources for survivors of child sexual abuse as well as child abuse. So um, very important topic, especially now that a lot of people have to stay in their homes with a lot less to do out there. They're seeing more need than ever. So this code drive was extremely important. And um, Rachel was um, extremely impressed and, and honored from the outpouring of support from the community. Very cool code drive um, there at Cafe Floret. And I got to stop there um, when they open again. They're only open Saturdays currently. Right um, near the splash pad in Winneka, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Joe? Yeah, not, well, <laughs> not far from the splash pad, right down Green Bay Road. <laughs> Um, you are definitely a fan of splash pads. I do not know that about you, Martin Carlino. I do now. Um, we're going to sidestep over West One community to Northfield and actually talking about Nutria, but specifically their Northfield campus. Yeah, and this is a story that actually had caught our attention initially um, at the Nutria Board of Education's last meeting in December, Joe. But right now, um, at the, the meeting that I alluded to earlier that happened this most recent Monday, it seems to be that there's a growing possibility that New Trier's Northfield campus might serve as a COVID-19 vaccine distribution center. Um, so originally, when, the, when the topic, this topic was first discussed at the board meeting in, de in December, officials kind of had painted a, a picture of this possibility as something that wasn't too likely to happen, and they sort of had just stated that they were trying to best prepare if uh, the Cook County Department of Public Health was interested at some point. But we got a much more optimistic picture of this, um, this most recent meeting. Um, and Dr. Paul Sally, the, the superintendent, had mentioned some, some 
very interesting quotes that make it seem like the the possibility is really really growing. He says that the he said that the Northfield campus has had a long history of of being a site in cases of distributing um, um, mass doses of the vaccine and. He said that they're working with the county and also partnering with some of the local school districts and the villages in our cover area. Um, and they're just trying to bring together resources and, and do the best planning they possibly can to deliver this vaccine if the, if the Cook County Department of Public Health is going to be interested in use, utilizing them. And it still, you know, might be unlikely at this point, but the, the district and Nutria is just putting in a, a significant amount of work to make sure that if the public health department is interested, that they're ready to go. And another thing that Dr. Sally mentioned is they're going to start actively looking for volunteers. Um, so you, you may be getting an email from Nutria sometime in the near future that, uh, that they might be looking for some, for some volunteers to distribute that, that vaccine, because obviously one of the, uh, the big problems in the vaccine distribution process right now is maintaining and acquiring actual vaccinators themselves, people who can give the vaccination. So hopefully there are some, some local volunteers who have the, the necessary training required and, and that can potentially speed up the process if uh, the Northfield campus is going to be a, a vaccination site sometime in the future. Something definitely to keep, uh, keep tabs on and, and we'll do that. So keep, uh, keep looking out at the, the record northshore.org as that story develops. Um, skipping down and over um, east to Wilmette, where um, a, a trivia whiz was on a very special episode of Jeopardy. Yeah, that's right. So um, I've actually done a couple of these fun Jeopardy stories in the past couple of years, but um, this one's pretty special because Cliff Chang, I guess he grew up actually in the Wilmette area and was a Nutria grad. He appeared on uh, host Alex Trebek's last episode. So that aired this past Friday, and uh, I won't give any spoilers, but Cliff, he's a software engineer. He's originally from, from Wilmette, and I think he's living in California now. He appeared on the show, um, making it really special. Obviously, he didn't know, and you know, no one knew that it was going to be Alex Trebek's last episode before his death. Um, you know, That made it special for him. It made it special for all of the viewers um, that were tuning in on Friday because it was his last episode. So just a nice local connection there um, to see a familiar face on a special time. Um, again, I'm not going to share how he did. I don't want to be, you know, accused of any spoiler alert, spoiler alerts or anything like that, but um, he enjoyed his time on the show and it was fun definitely to highlight um, that special, special appearance from a North shore native. Yeah. And I won't, we actually um, watched this as it, as it, uh, as it premiered on Friday and uh, we're kind of chatting about it. I won't give any spoilers, but I will give a teaser that a daily double in Cliff's round made a big difference. You got to check it out. <laughs> so there you go. There's a teaser. You're welcome, um, ABC, for that teaser. Um, the uh, the Nutria Township sort of has a long history of some uh, pretty notable uh, Jeopardy contestants, doesn't it? it? Isn't one of the all-time winners originally uh, Wilmette or Kenilworth native? I want to say it's Kenilworth. Was it Julia Collins? I think yes, I did a story on her. I think she's very ago. high up on yeah, the uh, all-time well. leaderboard, top 10 or 15. Or We actually, uh, when we worked at the Wilmot Beacon, um, we had uh, we obviously had the, the stories about Julia really kicking butt on Jeopardy. Um, and then <laughs> one, of our, one of our columnists, John Jacoby, had a whole story about, is she from Kenilworth or is she from Wilmette? And we, and we got to the root of it. Um, and uh, I believe she is a Kenilworth native, but also got attributed to Wilmette. 
Um, so fun stuff, but that very cool. Um, but that is uh, that is our up and down the shore as we finish with we go from Glencoe down to Wilmette uh, in our second segment. So thank you guys for, for sticking with us through that. And now we go to a fan favorite featured feature. The number one, we get emails, we get calls, and Megan's going to kick us off with uh, everyone loves more tacos. And we got some more in Winneka. Yeah, no complaints there. Like you said, everyone loves tacos. Uh, Taco Tuesday was very special for La Tequesa. It's, um, it was a restaurant originally just in Northbrook and Glenview. They had new cheer students coming there, actually hurrying over on their lunch breaks on Taco Tuesdays, and I'm sure many other days as well, to uh, grab a quick bite and then head back to school. Um, so they were kind of running into some problems there with the students. They were you know, trying to get there as soon as possible and rushing back. And one student actually proposed that they open a location closer to the high school, which would be in Winnetka. Um, the owners at the time, they weren't too familiar with the village and, uh, you know, where to set up shop or anything like that. But luckily, um, the pieces kind of all aligned and the owner was traveling through the area this summer, actually um, during a Black Lives Matter protest and was rerouted to come out in front of the laundry shopping mall and saw a vacant location there. And um, kind of a long story short, she ended up opening a third location of their taco business. I think it was, I want to say in October and everything has been smooth sailing. They said they uh, have been getting great compliments from the customers so far and everything has been going really well. And I'm not too sure yet if that uh, one student from Nutrier who proposed this has been in the shop yet, but if he's listening, he should go check it out in the laundry <laughs> shopping mall to get those tacos. It sounds like a, you know, a really neat setup in there. Obviously not, an ideal time to open up a new business um, with COVID going on and the ongoing pandemic and everything, but they haven't had too many complaints. Um, so sounds like it's going really well over there. Yeah. It's, it's actually been pretty cool to see, you know, um, restaurants as well as other industries are, are going through a tough time um, mid COVID, but we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurial spirit in the restaurant industry, industry here in the North shore. We got, um, stuff opening when I could like you just mentioned stuff opening in in Wilmette um, with Pit and Tap coming this spring stuff opening and two in in Plaza del Lago um, with Cluckers Chicken and Rosati so we're seeing some some new places come in so um, kudos to all those restaurant owners and La Tequiza um, that's our show um, that's our first um, episode with all three of us thank you guys for listening so much um, before we go we just want to give you a preview and a look ahead of what you can expect at the North Shore at the record northshore.org. Yeah, and we'll have a great story from freelance reporter Aaron Yarno coming up in a couple of days about a, another new restaurant in Winneka. So um, look look forward to that as well as Joe previously alluded to some some real great entrepreneurial spirit here. Um, we'll have a, a preview of Martin Luther King Jr. Day coming up. It's usually a, a tradition, an annual event that happens at the Winneka Community House. We'll have a, a preview up of, of that event in the next couple of days. And we'll also have a, uh, a story on a um, virtual art show at Regina. Yep, that and plenty more, I'm sure, as, uh, as we work into our third week of January already, believe it or not. So thank you guys uh, for listening to North Shore News Week. Uh, Megan, any parting shots for the, for the people in your first episode? Oh my gosh. Put me on the spot. <laughs> Thank you guys all for listening. <laughs> Hopefully uh, I did okay for my first ever podcast and uh, I'll be back next week. Beautiful.
Thank you. Guys <laughs> will, she will be back next week. Confirmed. Okay. That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's important. And uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.